I love international employees. They are my favorite part of my business. And I think that a lot of people have a misunderstanding of how they work, how to use them, whether or not they're really people. Is it fair to pay them way less than we would make in America? How to make it a win-win for everyone. Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. You guys are in for a treat today. Good morning, Hunter. How are you? I'm good. I don't think I've ever seen that sexy opening. It didn't work last week. <laughs> now, now, now you know what our, what our intro is on it. When you listen to the podcast, that's what you hear is the uh, is, that, is that fun intro. So, so this it. is a, this is what we're doing on the uh, the Tuesday after a holiday weekend. I don't know, Hunter, if your brain's in gear, if it was a holiday or not, or if you worked. But uh, it, I'm excited to dive into the world of uh, inside sales. How's your brain this morning? Which means my brain is always on, even in vacation mode. But you know, it also means that I'm ill prepared, and so I'm taking notes right now on a sticky pad. That way, I remember to say everything properly because. <laughs> Today is one of my favorite topics. Uh, I feel like it's and, the one and, everyone is least prepared for. And and why is this one of your favorite topics? You know, two reasons. I think that everything we do in real estate is trading time or money. We we get one or both of those resources and we have to use them. Um, and I really like leverage. And then the other thing is that I love international employees. They are my favorite part of my business. And I think that a lot of people have a misunderstanding of how they work, how to use them, whether or not they're really people. Is it fair to pay them way less than we would make in America? How to make it a win-win for everyone. And I'm a really big fan of win-wins, especially when it uses currency arbitrage to make my bottom line uh, way sexy. That was a really good intro. All right, so here's what we're doing today, guys. This is uh, this is Hunter McKay, right? Out of, uh, what what town do you hail out of these days? When you, when you introduce yourself, I don't even know what... Currently, I am hailing from Spokane because I am in an 11-month renovation that won't quit. As okay. soon as that is done, I am going to hail more regularly from Sacramento. Okay, got it. So, so these days, Spokane, but it could be Sacramento. Uh, he's licensed in both places. And uh, he, he's run a large team. He's run small teams. And, and one topic that keeps coming up and why we had him come back today was the ISA, the Inside Sales Associate. And Hunter has made a comment before that, you know, I don't know exactly how you said it, but like, if you don't have an ISA, you're blowing it. Right. And I don't know if that's for Absolutely. every agent or I don't know if you believe that's every agent team leaders, but you, you can kind of tell us, you know, why you believe that. And we'll, then we'll dive in there into some of the specific processes you've used and how you, how you've gotten where you are. Yeah. Well, I guess like my one question to everyone is how many phone calls are you making to your database today? And so like Jesse, obviously you're more focused on not selling houses, but when you were focused on selling houses, how many phone calls a day would you try to make? What was your goal? Um, I mean, I mean, usually I would do more based on time than phone calls, but I mean, I'd say, so if I prospected for two hours, which was usually my goal was like two hours of prospecting, I would make, depending on the list I'm calling anywhere from 20 calls, if I'm calling past clients and having long conversations to like a hundred, if I'm just like blowing through, you know, cold, cold leads in the database. Cool. So that's, that's pretty impressive. And so, um, honestly, I think most agents are not doing that right now. Like I just like cold 
hard truth. Like there's just not a lot of people that do that anymore. Um, not, not a single new agent has the gumption to get up and do that. My mother used to get up at 5 AM to prep her expired list, to be calling people by six. That way she could be in front of them by seven before they went to work at eight. Um, and that just sounds absurd to me. And then she would do an additional two and a half hours of prospecting to buyers on top of that. So like, no, that that's not me. I want to trade money uh, for time. I want my time back. I don't want to make uh, 200 phone calls. I don't want to make 100 phone calls. Frankly, I don't even want to make 10 phone calls unless those 10 people actually want to talk to me and are expecting my phone call. And so that's what I use an inside sales agent for. Um, I want to be clear. I use the term ISA to encompass every one of my virtual assistants because I don't believe in hiring Americans that are not licensed agents. I don't know why we would. Um, I think that an American has to prove themselves extraordinarily well because we have a very, very high cost of living. And so in order for me to pay an American employee well, I have to pay them an exorbitant amount of money right now. And so they must be highly capable really want that job uh, and be able to do it better than my international employee who will do it with a fucking smile, period, end of discussion. Um, my two Filipino employees are the best things that have ever happened to me in my entire life. I mean that. Um, they make my day so, so, so easy. And I hope someday they get to watch this video because I don't think they truly understand how integral they are to my life. They make 150 phone calls a piece each every day. They uh, set all of my scheduling when Aaron is unavailable, my one American employee who is invaluable. <laughs> and uh, they connect with all of my employees and my clients in a way that you just wouldn't expect from any kind of inside sales agent, regardless of nationality, because they really integrate as part of my team uh, every day. And so I don't have to worry about making every single phone call. I'll get a text that says, hey, Betty wants an update on today's escrow. Is it okay if I provide her this? I just checked the notes because I've already put notes in the ISA's category for them to give updates to the clients. And so they'll quickly shoot a text, say, hey, Betty on this file is looking for an update. I see this most recent note. Is it appropriate for me to pass it on to her? Now I don't have to break from my day. I can just send a text message back that says yes. And now my client is taken care of. Uh, Ellie is off on her task for the rest of the day. And then she can break from her call list just briefly to take this off of my day. Now, I don't have to have a 45 minute phone call with one of my most chatty clients and she still feels taken advantage or taken care of. Interesting. So, so this is, so we're not just talking about using ISAs for prospecting. This is for literally all phases of the transaction. So both from prospecting all the way through the closing. Yeah. At this point, we're even uh, getting ready to launch a system where they will help us with the offer writing. Um, this is the one portion where we have to be really careful because there are legal um, sections of this where we can't have them drafting a contract. And so we're working through to create a Google Doc that will allow them to take our instructions, fill out the document, and then forward it back to us for a review, um, cutting out another 30 to 45 minutes of our of our offer writing schedule. Interesting. All right. Let's, let's start with, with what we're using first so in terms, in terms of, pro, because I'm imagining the people, the clients they're, they're talking to once they're under contract are the same ones they followed through since the beginning of the, their journey with you for prospecting. So take me right. through from the beginning, like yeah. where, how did, and maybe then but let's also make sure we save time with how did you find these ISAs? Right. I was, I was going to say, maybe before we dive right into that, let's start with like a basic foundation of like how to find a virtual assistant. Let's because do that. 
I, I, I think what I'll say is that unless you're in the Midwest and on this call, um, it's too expensive on the coast to hire humans. Humans are really expensive. Um, and I really am sorry for any humans that want jobs. It's hard to hire you. And so um, to figure out how to be a digital nomad, I don't know. Um, and so for me, there are four different types of virtual assistants that you can hire. Um, I choose the Philippines because they have only one detractor for me and it's their um, time cycle. They're, right now, I actually pulled up clocks for the world clock. So my three areas that I like to hire from are Davao City, Philippines, really any part of the Philippines, um, the Eastern European bloc, like uh, Latvia, Lithuania, any kind of those countries, um, and then also a Latin American bloc, um, all kind of around Colombia. Um, and really any Latin American country will work. Um, I've just had most success from Colombia. Um, the reason that uh, you might choose Latin America is because if you're in an area um, like Jesse, um, having a Latin accent is normal. And so um, there will be no fluff if you need someone who speaks um, Spanish. You might find someone who's, who's bilingual. Um, in my area, a Latin accent will actually kill the deal immediately because we have a pretty racist area um, in Spokane. Um, and so any accent at all throws people off. Um, and so I needed someone that sounded very neutral tone. Um, and so I wanted someone either from East European bloc or from Philippines because they can um, achieve a neutral accent tone um, better than most of the Latin bloc. However, they don't come with any Spanish ability whatsoever. So trade-off. Um, the other trade-off is that Philippines works um, right now, like at eight o'clock right now, it is 11.02 PM. And so my ISAs will start work in 50 minutes. Both of them work uh, five days a week. They each get a two-day weekend, um, but then they actually are constantly working midnight to 5 AM. They really like this schedule. However, psychologically, it can be challenging to work a graveyard shift constantly day in and day out. And so you have to know the person that you're hiring has experience with this, is prepared for this, and has a lifestyle that sustains this consistently. Otherwise, you're going to be rotating your ISA out every five to seven years. Um, my goal is to keep my ISAs with me for 20, 30 years. Um, and they have made commitments that they think that they will be able to sustain that. And they have each previously been with companies for a decade. <clears throat> Wow. Um, right. One of my ISAs was a uh, call center leader for AT&T, where she ran a floor in Philippines of, of 900 people. Now she works from her home nine hours a week or nine hours a day, five days a week, and she gets to take her kids to school and cook breakfast for her husband. And so for her, that trade-off is immensely valuable. Um, she even makes slightly less than she did working at this call center because of the trade-off of lifestyle that she gets to have. Um, if you go to the Eastern European block right now, it is 6.02 PM. Um, and so not as bad, you know, they gain five hours, which is quite significant. They still work in the evening, but they'll get a more natural sleep cycle. However, their accent is probably the most heavy shift. Um, and so unless you're on the East coast, this is probably going to be the hardest uh, transition point for you. Um, if you go to Latin America, their time zone right now, it's only 10.02 uh, and, and it's 10.02 a.m. And so they're working at an almost um, similar daily schedule to us unless you shift them to the East Coast. And so time zone is one of the biggest things that you just have to think about. There's no right or wrong way to do it. You just have to think, where do I live? What do I expect? What am I planning for? You know, the weirdest thing that I ever solved for was a rooster crowing in the back of my calls because my assistant lived near a rooster and it road at 2.30 in the afternoon because it was there at morning. And it was like horrifying and threw off all of the calls. And so we solved for it by getting her noise canceling headphones and a better microphone before she moved, you know, but it's like weird shit are the things you will have to solve for in this new world. 
I love it. I love it. All right. So, so are you placing ads in each of these places? Like, are you going through it through an outsourcing company? You're placing ads. And I know, by the way, in this, this is all your opinion, Hunter, right? There's so many different, there's, different, there's, different ways people do this. I want to know your, your way. So what, how I, you- I need a disclaimer. Like I need a big disclaimer that says, these are just my own opinions, not the opinions of EXP, McKay Group or anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just dropped uh, four different things in the chat. Um, Virtue Desk, My Out Desk, and Wing Assistant are three companies that you can outsource through. Um, you pay more like ten to twelve dollars an hour for these companies. They then go and source you an ISA from wherever you want. Traditionally, they get the Philippines, but you can tell them other areas, um, and they do all the sourcing for you. They will put you on interviews. Um, Two of the companies, Wing Assistant and Virtue Desk, they just force assign you someone, which means you say, I want this type of person. I'm willing to pay X. They assign you Betty one morning and you get Betty. If Betty's not good for you, you can fire Betty and they'll replace Betty ad nauseum. You just keep replacing the person until you like someone. I don't like that model because it gives me less control. My Outdesk is the only company that lets me have control in the interview process. They'll source the interviews and then they'll set up three to five interviews for me every week. I go and I have them. I get to go through the interview process and I get to select the person that I actually hire. The reason to go through Virtue Desk, My Outdesk, or Wing Assistant is because they cover the training. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm recovering from a cough today. No problem. They cover the training the healthcare, the payment structure, they cover a lot of the back end stuff that is clunky for you to figure out how to do. However, they're hiring people for $4.50 an hour, charging you 12 and pocketing the $8 arbitrage in order to make their company run. I don't have a problem with this. It just means that you have to understand that you're not hiring a $12 an hour employee. I have two employees that I hire directly because I found them outside of these systems. Um, one of them I found on onlinejobs.ph. The other one found the second person for me because they were friends. Um, now, if I needed another person, I would just message them and say, hey, put an ad for me locally. Let me know which of your friends go to the local coffee houses, get me a person. And they would come back with 72 different people. Um, last week, I said, hey, I want to make a sloth. I, I need a CAD drawing of a sloth, something weirdly specific and not real estate related at all. And they said, oh, no worries. We'll work on that for you. By the end of the day, they gave me seven different people, two cartoon graphic animators, three designers, and two architects, all local to the Philippines, all with degrees, all willing to work for, I shit you not, I paid one of them $25 to get the CAD drawing that I needed. It was magic. I love, I love it. All right. So, so that gives you kind of a, a flavor for if you are someone who should go through a service or find the person yourself, depends on your goals, depends on what, what you're really looking to do. So Hunter found his, found his current ISA through onlinejobs.ph. Did, did you, did you get lucky? Did you win the lottery? Is there just a lot of talent out there? And then what sort of training? Cause, cause if you go through like a virtue desk, then they will put them through a pretty extensive training program or some sort of a training program. What some training sort program of a training program. The what? some sort of a training program is that sort of a training program right there. So I really want to stress no one is doing anything special. Every Filipino based will hire work for you company is run by some American in a Hawaiian print shirt like me on a couch like I am right now with an on-site Filipino manager, an on-site country manager that posts jobs, does interviews and lists questions and then runs them up chain. And so it is literally back to the original thing that I said, 
We all trade resources, either time or money. My recommendation is that you trade extra time up front. Otherwise, you will waste tons of money. Your ISAs and specifically your virtual assistants are not a one-size-fits-all magic easy button. I worked really hard to find the ones that worked for me. Um, my first interviews, I do blind. I don't want to know what they look like. I want to know what they sound like. Neutral tonality is most important to me. I don't care what country they're from. I need to know that they can put on a white Karen voice that says, I am from the middle of Kansas. And everyone thinks that I am from the middle of Kansas. And as long as they can pull that off, then I am very happy with that because that is what my clientele requires of me. We can't have an East Coast New Yorker. We can't have someone from Florida who sounds like they're really relaxed. We can't have someone, you know, pop on with a really heavy accent like they're from Beijing. It's going to throw off every clientele no matter what. We need to sound like we're neutral. And so that was the first step. Then step two was, can they text well? Can they text quickly? Because they're texting in a second language. And so how quickly can they respond to me? How good is their English, not just communicating, but written? Um, and so finding someone who worked fast enough was actually really challenging too. Um, then when I finally found them, I spent weeks training them in scripting in walking them through. Okay. I said this, what did you think when I said this? Okay, cool. That's not what I meant. And really understand that your international employees want to do well for you. Um, one of the reasons that I specifically recommend Filipino employees is they have a culture unlike any I have ever worked with. Their commitment to excellency is greater than anyone. And so if you've told them to do something and they come back and hand you something that isn't right, you fucked it up 100% of the time. Your instructions were wrong. It's like code. If code doesn't do what you want it to do, you coded it wrong. And so if your Filipino doesn't do what you want them to do, you coded them wrong. Look back at your instructions and think about what you told them and ask them, hey, walk me through your thought process and you'll immediately find the breakdown. It will make you a better boss. It will make them a better employee. It will make your systems more flawless because at the end of it, they go through and they find all of your broken pieces because they come back and they say, I don't have instruction for this. I don't know what to do when this happens. What happens when this breaks? Hey, I noticed this happens. Some of our clients say this, what do you want? because they won't take an action until you give them a directive. And so this is great because you have great control, terrible because it can be horribly overwhelming if you're used to hiring a $30 American, handing them your database and saying, go make me some business. Mm, interesting. So it's really, it really is a different mindset that you approach this with. Yes. Got it. All right. Um, as, and I know you have a book, uh, you know, you said a post it's full of notes. If there's anything you want me to ask you about or direction you want to go, let me know. Otherwise I'm just going to keep asking questions. You dropped into the, the Zoom chat box, uh, Conversion University. I, I think this is the, the link because we've had a Dale Archdeacon from Smart Inside Sales on multiple times on this podcast. That, that's who you're referring to with Conversion University, right? That's the... uh, no, not sure that I think so. That sounds okay. correct. Um, I just know that convert. Yes, that is it. Um, okay. that link. So this is what my outdesk uses for training. This is what wing assistant uses for training. Um, I think it's what virtue desk uses for training. Um, if it's not, it's the best training out there for your ISA, um, American or otherwise. So, so did you use this as a platform to start training your own, uh, ISAs? And then are you like reviewing calls with them? How, how do you hear what they're what they're saying. How do you, is it real so time? I have, a, I have a weekly call set up with them. Um, my call is actually with them at 1230 today. And so I have them send me a call um, that I want, that they want coaching on. Um, and then I'll each have them critique each other's call and then I'll give critiques. Um, and then we'll do role play um, usually once a week as well. 
I love it. All right. And so on the, on the prospecting side, what sort of results, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you have numbers near that you're tracking or just in general, what sort of results are they generating and walk me through who they're calling during the week? Like, are they prospecting? You said, you know, said they make 150 calls a day, right? So right now we've kind of shifted when I had a gazillion dollars spent every month in Zillow, it was really easy for me to command that they would set um, two appointments a week each. Um, And in many cases, they were setting two appointments a day each. Now we've shifted completely and those numbers are completely uh, irrelevant. They're probably making 130 to 150 calls a day. That's probate, foreclosure, and my database, um, probably 30, 30, 30. Um, 10% for other stuff that I hand them throughout the day. And I think that they're each setting two a week right now, you know, which is down significantly, but it's keeping people in contact. You know, we're seeing that even though they're not setting the appointments, I'm saving weeks to months of my year right now because I'm not having conversations maintaining my clients. My clients are being maintained by members of my team. And if I need to jump in, I'm notified, but otherwise an extension of me is checking in with my clients. Interesting. So, so when you, and we've done this on previous, by the way, if you guys haven't heard a uh, Hunter in the last few weeks, he's been on a couple of different podcasts talking about this shift as the market shifted and how he, you know, scaled back his budget and shifted his team. So as you've shifted, you've brought your budget down and you don't have them setting, just trying to set as many bulk appointments, but because your overhead's a lot lower, even setting a couple appointments a week is probably pretty pretty substantial for where you're at. It it really is because I was, you know, currently my two employees cost me 29,000 a year, you know, because one of them is $7 and 50 cents an hour. The other one is $6 and 50 cents an hour. Um, They're both exceptionally happy with these wages. Um, One thing to uh, point out is that if you pay them uh, direct instead of through a company, you have to figure out how their benefits work because all of these other companies provide them in-country benefits like healthcare. I don't provide my people in-country benefits like healthcare because I'm not in-country. I'm not a Filipino company. I don't have any rights in Filipino land. And so I don't pay taxes. I don't have healthcare. I don't have rights. I'm not an employer. I hire these people and on my line item on taxes, it looks like I have paid an invoice. And so it's like a PayPal transaction. And so it's a it's a uh, tax deduction on my side, but they're responsible for all of their country taxes. And so I had to work out when I was hiring them directly, I said, look, you'd typically be paid $4 to $5 an hour for all of these other companies. I'm gonna be having you do the exact same stuff. How much do I need to pay you for you to be excited to work for me? Never go talk to those companies and pay your own healthcare. And they came up with those numbers. And so um, they were $6 and $7. And now they're just up at their annual review this year. And so they're getting raises um, that are just shy of the 8% inflation that we've suffered this year. Got it. it. All right. We got like five minutes. God, there's so much we could dive into, Hunter. What haven't we covered? What should I be asking you about that you've kind of learned through this process? Um, I think that like the big thing that I'll leave on is that Americans are weak when working with international employees and it results in us firing them or them quitting. And, uh, I want to share a story. It went like this. So I was in a training course. We were being told to hire people from my out desk. We were doing that. And my out, my out desk employee was on a call with another series of Americans. And the question was asked, are Americans better or are Filipinos better? And it was asked just like that. 
And you could see the trainer's face go cold as she tried to find a PC way to answer this question. And she answered, well, Americans are better at getting over objections, but Filipinos work really hard or something like that. And you could just see that her whole soul fell out of her body because she's an American working overseas and training overseas employees. And this was a very not cool way to ask this question. My ISA walked away from that training feeling like she was a piece of shit. And I totally understand why. It took me several weeks to figure out that that meeting had even happened and to clean up that entire mess because she quit three weeks later because of this experience. And so it was really challenging to figure out why she quit because she was actually meeting all of her target goals. And when she told me why she quit, she goes, because I'm not doing good enough. And for me, she was meeting goal, but she was looking at her future goal of what we had set for her as a, we hope you can get to this. And she felt like she was working as hard as possible and that she had no hope of ever reaching this. And so if she couldn't reach this, she should quit now rather than dishonoring me, my company, the work that we've put in, et cetera. And so it has been really challenging to get through like American exceptionalism says, set the bar this high. And if you land here, it'll be okay because it's better than being down here. Filipino and a lot of international exceptionalism states that that's bullshit and that America should eat their hand for saying such a thing. And that if you say you're going to be here, you better wind up over here. And so if you don't set their expectations that way, They'll run away, they'll quit, they'll get sad, they'll feel like they're failing. And that emotional aspect of maintaining your client and your, your, your employee is different than working with an American. So, so different. The cultural shift is so different. Interesting. I, I mean, as I'm listening to you describe this, Hunter, one, I'm struck by, I can't imagine you running your business without your ISAs at this point, Right. And and two, how much you've learned going through this. I mean, I've worked with ISAs for years and some of these things that I'm, I mean, I'm definitely learning as we're having this conversation. Do you, um, I mean, gosh, in terms of how you structure, your, you know, your day with your ISAs, if you were, if someone were to go high and hire an ISA, and this might be dependent on each agent, what their goals are, but what would you have that person do first? Like, would you give them a certain list to call or a certain sec- subset, or does it really depend on where someone wants to go with this? I think it depends on what you're going to have them do and really understand that like it's my ISAs have been with me now for three years. And so it's taken them a long time to the point where I feel comfortable just pushing something off to them and saying, go handle this. I would never recommend dumping seven new things on an international employee because everything is being translated through a second language. And so the combination of extra effort, diligence, and attention to detail is what's being offered here. It's a good thing that it takes a little bit longer. It's a good thing that it forces you to slow down. And so give them less, let them master one thing at a time, let them find the broken pieces, fix the broken pieces, retest the system. And once it's perfect, then move on to the next thing. Because if you make each piece perfect, it won't ever move again. There will never be a moment where you go back to it and say, why are we doing it this way? You're doing it that way because you found all of the broken pieces and decided that this is the way the system works. If you now want to go back and modify it, it's really easy to say, process piece this, 
I need this to shift to this because I want this outcome. And you have one conversation and they say, okay, great. Can, let me just repeat it back to you. We're adopting this new process. It's replacing this process over here. In these kinds of moments, we'll do this kind of change because we want this outcome instead of this outcome that we're getting. Done. Hmm. Brian, I see you unmute yourself. Do you have a question before we wrap up? Um, yeah. Oh, I was, I was just wondering, you said you have two ISAs, do you, and they call uh, different types of clients do you have like one specialized in one like um, probates or something and the other one specialized in a different type or do they both do everything? Both of them do everything. I've gone back and forth on this. There's a, a system called um, farming versus hunting, you know, and so hunters do the prospecting where they do the outbound calls because they need someone that's more aggressive. Then you have a farmer that just does the tending to and the nurturing of the you know ongoing leads that you already have in Hopper. I have found that that's effective, but also a really great way to burn out your individual employees. Because if you're a 100% of the time prospector, it means that you're making a thousand outbound phone calls to get a hundred on call, to get 50 to tell you to fuck off, to get 10 to hang up on you, to get five to have a phone call. And so it's just debilitating to have someone do that position all the time, in my opinion. Um, and I've yet to see a team that actually maintained an outbound prospector for longer than a year without having to replace them. And so in my opinion, the better way way to do it is have, uh, you know, a team of people that are really happy to um, co-work together um, and find ways to compensate them on, on bonuses. And so I don't even uh, allow them to claim leads. Like once something goes into escrow, one ISA is usually assigned to it. Um, but because they each have a, a dominant weekend that's two days, I expect them to really take that time off. And so if something happens during those two days that needs to be communicated, the other ISA is going to jump in and communicate. And so they're really quite fluid it in the way that they communicate. And I'll even hop in and some of the notes will go, Hey, this is Ellie. I'm just checking in on behalf of Sally. Today's her day off. I see that you have an appointment tomorrow with Hunter at one o'clock. Is that okay? Um, and we'll, they'll double confirm everything. And then I'll wind up paying bonuses uh, to both of them because I would rather compensate them each um, for that work. And for me, it's, you know, the bonus is 35 bucks a file for each of them. And so it's like coffee money. Okay. Good question, Brian. Hunter, I have a feeling we could talk about this for, for hours, man. I, I think so, probably. <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully you guys have all enjoyed this. But we'll, we'll, if, if this is useful, if you like this, drop a, uh, drop a comment to, you know, in, in the chat somewhere, um, wherever you're watching, listening to this podcast or the playback. And uh, Hunter, if people want to reach out to you directly, how can they, uh, how can they connect with you? What's the best way? Um, I would say my cell phone. And if you want to, you can drop it in the notes. You know, I know you've been, you know, teasing people that they need to show up to class if they want my cell phone, but you can give it out. It's fine. Cool. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll drop it in the show notes, wherever you're listening to this podcast. He's got it. In the, if you're on the zoom here live, we've got it in the, in the, the chat box here and Hunter, Hunter is very genuine. If you've got questions, reach out, he'll chat with you. And if you have referrals too, especially in Spokane or Sacramento, send them his way. Absolutely. I think my only final note, Jesse, is just everyone, whatever amount of time you're currently thinking you need to spend with your ISA, uh, quintuple it. And I know that that sounds insane, but just understand that now I don't talk to my ISAs. Like I, I maybe see them once a week. Someone else handles the roll call. I'll skip my meeting with them when I'm too busy and I'll hand it off to one of my other agents. That way someone else gets the experience. Um, they are the most integrated members of my team outside of my assistant, Aaron, who has been with me for eight years. Um, Aaron and I will die together. Our children will take over our companies. Um, our ISAs hopefully will birth children to, to join them. Um, that 
is the level of commitment that we have to each other. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Hunter, thanks for being here. This is awesome. You're so welcome. Have a great day, Jesse. Bye guys. See you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.